Hello, and welcome to Geek Critique, the podcast where we pair a compelling theme with one of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Critique, where we will be discussing trust in Star Wars. Indeed. So, Brittany. Yes, Chris. How much do you trust yourself? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh-huh. I think in some ways I trust myself quite a bit. I feel like I know who I am and I'm not, I don't know, like I feel fairly confident in, like, because I know who I am, my motivations, whether they're right or wrong in a situation, like, I kind of trust that I know why I'm doing things or why I'm not doing things. But I do like to bounce ideas off of people a lot, Mm. like the people I trust, because I don't like to make big decisions or sometimes even not huge decisions without consulting other people I trust to kind of see what they think about it because I like their input. So I don't know if that's a sign that I don't fully trust that just what I think is the best course of action is definitely the best course of action, you know? Mm. Interesting. What about you? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I could answer that no, one for you. No, no, I do not trust myself, uh, which is probably why I, I can be very indecisive, because mm. even before I, I talk to anyone else, like, I'm pretty constantly weighing both sides and what I think about both sides. I know in the past I have lied to myself to an extent where I have started to believe those lies, and it took years for me to, be, to like, really criti- be critical of that. Mm. And so I definitely know that I can have that element to me. I think that that being more critical of that has helped me to parse out my motivations and Mm. my beliefs intentionally because I felt like I need to do that. You know, as an Enneagram 9, I can very much blend in with the people around me. And so, yeah, sometimes I question how much of something is from me. Yeah, I don't do that very much. (laughs) For better or worse. Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, I suppose we should stop talking about ourselves and get into Star Wars. So we're going to start off with a quote from Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, when Obi-Wan is instilling some of his wisdom into Luke as he trains. Instilling it into him? Yes. (laughs) Great. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Yeah, because they trust something else so much more. (laughs) Yeah, I think that sometimes you can kind of like psych yourself out when if you weren't, you know, seeing this thing flying at you, you would have been able to dodge it or, you know, whatever it is. So I guess that's maybe part of what he's getting at. Huh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I almost kind of took it in a different way of where you can't trust your perception to be objective truth. Like no one ever actually can say that they have seen the world objectively, right? We all have it changed in in subtle ways where our eyes and our brains and everything work differently. And so... Totally, you may yeah. believe that, that what you see is true, but don't 100% believe that. Like, always be open to the fact that there are other things that you aren't experiencing that might also be true. Uh, sure. But when he was talking to him about it, it was like, we're putting this blast shield thing down so you can't see. 
<laughs> so maybe there was a lesson behind the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we get into our analysis proper? What character did you bring to talk about? I wanted to talk about Luke Skywalker. Oh, I've heard of him. Because I feel like he is such a trusting person. Slash gullible. (laughs) (laughs) It can definitely border on that sometimes. So there's just a ton of examples from trusting that he can take the restraining bolt off R2 and he's just going to stick around Mm -hmm. to trusting Obi-Wan when all he'd really ever heard about him was from his uncle and he basically was like, ah, he's off his rocker or whatever (laughs) sort of (laughs) phraseology you want to use. But he's like, oh yeah, I'll totally just like trust him about the forest, about my dad, about all these things and then he trusts this vision that he gets in Hoth. Oh, Obi-Wan appeared to me and told me to go to the Dagobah system and find this Jedi Master. And this is like, cool, I'll, <laughs> I'll do that then. And then obviously he does turn his computer off mm-hmm. to destroy the Death Star. And, and, and maybe that was... A more beneficial time that if he hadn't he he wouldn't have made it i i don't know i mean although then we're just like oh the best thing to happen is to destroy all these people you know which is also yeah but yeah he he's just very ready to trust mm-hmm. and i don't know if that comes just from his background and how he was raised if that's just in his personality I, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like Uncle Owen, at least, is very (laughs) trusting. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I wonder how much of it comes from his use of the Force, right? That even before he is trained in it, he can utilize it to kind of sense if someone is being dishonest. And so he trusts those who he trusts because he doesn't get that, right? Or because he's able to sense an honesty or genuineness or sincerity from them. That's obviously something that's never expanded on in the the movies, at least. But what do it's you kind mean of an expanded? interesting. It's never like it's never. It's brought never up. even said. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like this, this idea of the force. Like clearly, the force has some ability where you can enter the minds of other people. But what exactly that looks like outside mm-hmm. of telling them to do things, we don't a hundred percent know. So yeah, I just wonder if that would be part of it. That's kind of the headcanon, I guess, that, that comes to me of like, huh? Why is he so trusting? Maybe it's because of this. Mm. But. He definitely is very much just like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But then, interestingly, in the sequel trilogy, it was kind of the opposite, Mm. right? He seemed to lose his trust in himself because of, you know, almost killing his nephew. That's actually really fascinating because I guess you could make the argument that his downfall His moment of failure comes when he loses trust in Kylo or in Ben. Mm -hmm. Is that he sees a future, a possible future, and he ignites his lightsaber because he does not have trust in Ben in that moment. And he regrets it immediately, but that was his failure. And so that's so interesting to see, like, he's so, so trusting as a character in the original series. And then, yeah, his point of failure is based off the loss of that. Yeah. But also he should have just talked to him, you know, like have a conversation like, hey, I'm sensing some of the dark forests around you. What's up with that, nephew? That's a good point. But counterpoint, 
he had a laser sword. And if you have a laser sword, why not use a laser sword? Because you don't kill your family members. <laughs> I suppose that's true. That's a good point. Okay, well taken. There, there is that, you know. <laughs> well, what about you? What is your plot point? My plot point is looking at trust in the relationship between Poe and Admiral Holdo and Leia in The Last Jedi in episode eight, because that is really Poe's kind of arc in that movie. He he clearly trusts Leia to a very immense extent, and he has a lot of faith in her. And, and from what I've read, like he grew up listening to stories of the resistance and stuff. So like, I imagine that her as a hero in those stories led to part of that trust. Plus, he's been working with her for however long and things like that. And he doesn't know Holdo. And I think it's very interesting to see how, for Poe, as a member of a resistance, he is someone who trusts in people, but not in the system. He doesn't trust that Holdo, as an admiral, got to her position with good reason. Mm-hmm. So he he feels like he... You know, in the same way that he trusts the exemplary people from the stories that he grew up on, he trusts himself, you know, like, and he, it's hard for him to trust into, into a system when he's looking at it through this kind of lens of looking for heroes. And that's just an interesting kind of perspective, I think, on Star Wars, because Star Wars is so much about heroes, right? Mm -hmm. The literal, like, the, the main wars that we see being fought, particularly the prequels, are between nameless beings yeah. the clones and the droids we don't see or even in episode one the gungans and the droids right like we don't see a lot of personality and individuality in people outside of the heroes of the gate or of the, the the movies the reason why i thought of games is because in the in one of the most popular star wars uh video game series uh and really the most popular multiplayer one is one in which you play as like characters on either side of, of a battle, but eventually you can get enough points or whatever to become a hero. And heroes have so much more power. <laughs> and so whether you're dark side or light side, you kind of are building to get a hero and that changed the tide of battle. So yeah, I just I just think like looking at though that that kind of structure of Star Wars as being one much more about kind of heroic characters than about systems and how that blows up in Poe's face, I think is really interesting that he is someone who kind of exemplifies that narrative that's been brought into our heads through seven movies before that. Mm. And it is what leads him into problems and the rebellion into problems because of what, what he does. Yeah, it's interesting because I would not trust in a military type of hierarchical system either. Yes, true. So I can empathize with him on that, but... <laughs> where the problem is, is that he trusts in, like, he trusts Leia, but he doesn't trust her choices, mm -hmm. right? He trusts her if she's the one in power, but mm -hmm. if she puts somebody else in power, he does not trust that choice, that that was the best choice. And if you don't trust the person's choices and that they're leaving the entire rebellion <laughs> in the hands of a person that is untrustworthy, then how much do you actually trust them mm. is what I wonder. Because if I had complete trust in someone and they said, like, I'm leaving everything to this person because 
they are the most trustworthy person and I've you know promoted her for reasons and you're like no but I think I know better or I don't trust this person just because I haven't personally worked with them Mm -hmm. then maybe it is just trust in the idea of the hero and not actually in the person yeah that's really interesting because now I'm also thinking about how he doesn't he disobey her orders at the beginning of the movie to do the bombing run it, it might honestly be he trusts himself more than anything well, else. Well, exactly. Yeah. And and I think if, if you lost all those people and you have put the resistance in a more weakened, precarious position, then you would think that you wouldn't trust yourself mm. to make the best decisions. But he does not feel that way, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good point. To the downfall of most everyone. Mm-hmm. Opo. Okay, well, why don't we go on to our compelling questions? Cool. So mine is, what do you think trust the force actually means? Ooh. That's so interesting because I was kind of going in a similar way with my question. Oh. Well, do you want yeah, to yeah, pose so it I now could, then? Exactly. So I was going to say, do you think that trusting in the force is a kind of religious belief, right? Is it more faith than it is trust? Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing is that I think that when they say trust into the force, it's not always at least trust your ability to use the force. That can be it sometimes. But I think more often than not, the Jedi have a view of the force itself having like predestination type of desires, right? Almost giving an agency to the force of saying, trust the force because the force will bring you to what you need. And to me, that feels like faith. It's faith in a a force <laughs> that has some sort of agency, that has some sort of desire or some sort of movement in a very direct way. And... That, that, that direction, that movement goes in the way that you'd want it to, mm-hmm. right? Or a way that you feel it would be right or just or correct. And I think that the Force shows, like, if, if that's true, which I think that especially, like, Clone Wars episodes and things like that make it sound like the, there is some agency acting within the Force. But I don't, then I, I don't think that it, it is wanting what the Jedi want, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then why can the Sith use it? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Often better than Jedi, right? Right, yeah. Uh, And why is there a dark side of the Force, right? Mm Because they they go to that planet and there's a representation of the Force that's light side and a representation of the Force that's dark side. But those representations are both seen as basically bad and selfish. They both (laughs) want what they want, but it's not like the, the light side is completely benevolent. Or selfless. And you're talking about from... From Clone, Clone Wars. Wars, right? Yeah, TV show. exactly. Which is canon. No, I know. Just because <laughs> our listeners are like, what are you talking about? If they haven't seen it, you know. Yeah. And I really actually want to rewatch that episode. Uh, probably yeah, before the last be movie too. Just because I think that that's one of the more metaphysical kind of ones. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think I'd really like to, to kind of get another look at that. But yeah, but what, what were you thinking with this question or these questions? Yeah, well... Well, in response to what you were just saying, it would be an interesting idea of, like, the Force is some kind of bigger power Hmm. that you trust will 
lead you right or you know whatever whatever you want to say and that a lot of people would kind of ascribe those types of ideas to an idea of god or something like that Mm -hmm. but considering yeah that there are sith and considering how many terrible things are happening in in the galaxy yes uh i don't know how well founded of a belief or a trust that that would be (laughs) I think for me, I was kind of thinking of it, at least from those original movies, kind of like trusting the connection Hmm. because it's supposed to like bind all things together, Hmm. right? So it's even though they don't have, well, supposedly don't have scientific proof of it until maybe midichlorians are introduced, (laughs) at least in the originals, there isn't proof of these things and and han solo is sitting there saying oh whatever like that's some um, what does he call he it he calls it a religion well he calls it a religion but he says like a dead religion or something like I, that yeah. i don't know something he thinks it's you know a bunch of hogwash hooey all the h yes. words apparently <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i think that that's kind of an interesting idea that it's you no know, trusting that this actually does exist and trusting that you're connected to it and everything is connected to it hmm. and that you can kind of participate in it or access it. And it's that trust that allows you to kind of harness parts of it for your own abilities. Hmm. But I don't know what it means. That's just what I was thinking. Yeah, no, I, I think that you're absolutely right to say that there's a kind of distinction in how it's used between the original series and particularly the prequel series. Because I think the prequel series does start to kind of show more of the Jedi philosophy and Jedi belief and, and what I am starting to think of as a Jedi theology. Because it's not just trust that the Force will help you utilize those connections, you know, and... and be in touch with and even manipulate the universe around you. Mm-hmm. But it's trust that the force is manipulating and directing the universe around you itself and is doing so in a way that if you trust it, then you trust, yeah, the direction that it's doing so. And I just think the Jedi are wrong to do, to, to mm-hmm. have that trust or that have that faith really, because it's proven to not be the case. Well, that's interesting because I think that, the Jedi Order is so kind of stringent and inflexible in in a lot of ways. And you don't really see them pursuing a ton of new ways of doing things and trying to figure out new ways to use the Force, new practices, new training techniques, you know... You don't see a ton of that. I mean, Qui-Gon does something new, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It seems like so much is just what's been handed down from generations of the Jedi Order. And and that does kind of remind me more of a religion because oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes religions do have a set of tenets and a set Mm -hmm. of rules and a set of... Yeah, a whole system of of how things work and there can be a lot of pushback when people want to do things differently or explore other things. And so, yeah, I think that that would be kind of an interesting 
look at it and yeah almost a villainization of of the dark side of the force mm-hmm. whereas i mean is there anything positive that they could use force lightning for you know like not to kill people but like in lightning bending <laughs> for firebenders yeah. in, in avatar like they could power things or (laughs) whatnot but it seems like no like these are bad yeah we don't do that i think the one example i've I've heard of and i don't know it specifically but is that apparently mace windu utilizes a typically dark side lightsaber battling tradition like Mm. uh in the way that he like his form i think there's like seven different forms that exist and talk about traditions right there's only these seven forms or whatever Mm -hmm. but uh i think that he uses one that is more like aggressive and passionate or what have you you know and kind of more keyed into the dark side of the force in that way and he's one of the few people who does it racist a little bit yeah oh dear but <laughs> once we get to race in Star Wars <laughs> and we go into the prequels, lot, it's, yeah. oh no. But but yeah, that's actually something I'd, I'd be more interested in looking into for that reason of kind of, do, is it kind of a taboo? Is it something that mm. is profaning as something that's kind of seen as sacred or traditional? Yeah, for sure. Well, we should probably move on to our compelling questions. We just did this. To our missed opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> You gonna leave this in? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it depends how long the episode is. <laughs> so, what's your missed opportunity? So, my missed opportunity is that there's no real psychological impact when trust is broken. Ooh. Because that can be a very emotionally difficult thing to mm-hmm. to deal with uh and every other series that we cover there is significant psychological impacts from trust that is broken but they don't really have that as much in star wars and hmm. you know it's like oh i find out that obi-wan intentionally deceived me so that i wouldn't know this thing about my father and i'd be more likely to come join him and mm-hmm that's cool like i'll just listen to him as this <laughs> ghost form and and even i like senator palpatine and and oh he's been lying and he's actually a sith okay i'll, <laughs> I'll pledge my allegiance to him you know there's not this like disorientation there's not this feeling of intense betrayal that has like a lasting impact on characters that I see very much of. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that the biggest time we we see betrayal is when is you know the end of episode 3 with with Obi-Wan and Anakin. You know, that's one of the the problems with putting together prequels is that you can't change the source material. Yeah. And Alec Guinness just he didn't have that same fire or that same betrayal to Darth Vader, mm-hmm. you know. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know whether he would have cho- chosen differently if it was made afterwards, but, you know, that was his act, his choice then, and now it's something to live with, and so we don't see that as part of the relationship between older Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Well, yeah, and how interesting would it be for it to not have only been, oh, well, I'm a Jedi, and I'm gonna, like, hide out here on Tatooine and not really interact with many people because... I don't want the Empire to hunt me down and kill me. Mm-hmm. But if 
he also was kind of reclusive because of that breach of trust. Yeah, yeah. The one place I, I think I will challenge you and say that I think it is there is with Kylo's fall. Yes, that's true. Right, where that is kind of very much a, a being attacked, or from what he, his perspective, attacked by his mentor was a betrayal, mm-hmm. and that seems to have affected him pretty negatively. It does, it does. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, it's also... St- a little strange because he doesn't just react how a more well-adjusted person would Mm -hmm. where yeah you're wary of people but then he doesn't trust his parents and he doesn't trust anyone and he but and he somehow for some reason just trusts this sith lord that again he doesn't know super well Mm -hmm. so i think that they're the reaction, at least to me, is not necessarily realistic. Now, if the, if they wanted to build into his character that he had some other uh, mental health factors going on, then I could definitely see that. But it it is I don't know quite extreme. Yeah, it's it's interesting with Kylo because you know he clearly has so much more development than Vader does, but so much mm-hmm. of it also just opens up the need for more development. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But it'll be be interesting to see what they do in this next movie. Absolutely. And where trust comes to play with him. Uh, Because he seemed to, for whatever reason, develop trust with Rey. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. And we'll see if any of the other people who went with him from the Jedi Temple show up and if he trusts them at all or not. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm honestly more interested in what might be coming for Kylo's story than anyone else's for the next movie. I'm really interested in like the other Jedi that left. Mm. Like I want I if they are know. like the Knights of Ren or if there's something else going on. Or, yeah, like yeah. I I want to see more of it went into people's choices. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my missed opportunity is kind of similar. I wish we had seen a little bit more of the reaction to people realizing that they were wrong to trust in the Senate and trust in the Republic. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. Like, I think especially in episode one when we see Padme leave so that she can go back to Naboo because she's like, I can't be here to wait for this to happen. I need to go forward and, like, be home. Like, I can't wait for the bureaucracy to catch up. And I think it would have been really interesting for her to have lost faith in bureaucracy and the kind of democracy that they claim to have. Yet, by the second movie, she's just a senator, you know, where she's bought in even more to this system. And even her her final line of, you know, this is how democracy dies, to, you know, a round of applause or whatever. I would have loved to see more kind of fraught internalizing of, this is part of the system itself. The system itself is flawed if it can cause, if, if this can happen through the system, mm-hmm. you know? And... Yeah, I guess I guess it it makes me sad that the only people who really have so little faith in the system that, that they give true criticisms to it are the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, because yeah, they, it's clearly has all sorts of problems, as we've discussed in many of our episodes, and mm-hmm. uh, all we kind of see here is this blind faith in it, and I think that 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 also can make me sympathize with the separatists a lot more yeah for sure and i i think that would have been really interesting to see some of the other systems 
and the people there and how that would have affected them. Mm-hmm. What happened with basically the Senate being dissolved and it's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, like, just some little system. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's our takeaways then? What, what are you taking away from this discussion? What am I taking away? <laughs> I can go first if that's okay. Go for it. I think my main takeaway is that I'm starting to see trust as a much more central theme in Star Wars than I, I did coming in. I really enjoyed doing these these themes, but a lot of the times I kind of have to search for them. And that was true to an extent for the, for Star Wars, but now that we've had this discussion, I'm really kind of seeing it as playing a pretty central role to a lot of the narrative. Especially in, like, when I th- start thinking about A New Hope, when you think about kind of the traditional XVY narrative setups the movie isn't really about like luke versus vader it's more about luke versus trusting in the force it's luke trusting in himself and the universe as he knew it versus luke trusting and giving himself over to the force because the climax of the movie is him putting away his his device and using the force to destroy the death star and so, yeah, I'm kind of seeing how that and alongside our discussion about Poe and now Kylo, how trust is kind of seeps into a lot more of the story than I, I kind of saw it from, at first glance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess my takeaway is seeing kind of a lot of the things that we talked about coming to a head in, in Ahsoka's story. I won't go into a lot of detail in case any of you haven't watched the Clone Wars TV series, but just how when when people cease to trust her, what that does, and, and then she can't trust them, and the kind of critique that that puts on not only people, but people and a structure that you're supposed to trust. Yeah, absolutely. At some point, we just need to do a special episode on Ahsoka. Because she's the best. She's such a great character. She was so annoying at the beginning, but then she's great. Which I think is is also interesting, (laughs) you know? Like, she comes in serving such a different role than she ultimately serves. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, we still need to finish Rebels and Mm, and all that, too. So, yeah, she's great. But we should probably wrap up our discussion for this week. Mm -hmm. Do you have what we'll be talking about next week? I do. Okay, so we are going to be returning to Harry Potter. Yay! So the topic we are going to look at is one that is going to be just great. Defiance. Defiance in Harry Potter? Defiance in Harry Potter. I've been waiting for this for so long. Yes, it's going to be amazing. Ah! We've already done Defiance in Hunger Games. Oh no, I'm not character! No! (laughs) Such is life. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you get to do one of the amazing plot points. That's true. There there are a lot, but oh. Okay, it's fine. I'll just talk about your character all the time. It'll be fine. You don't know who I'll choose. Uh, I do, though. If you don't, I'm going to make you re-record. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Harry Potter, or Defiance and Harry Potter. Harry Potter and Defiance. Harry Potter and Defiance. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) Well, thanks very much for listening to this week's episode. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Critique Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, or Twitter. You can also send us an email at geekcritiquepodcast at gmail.com or go to our website at bit.ly slash geekcritique. If you really love the show, 
you should join our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash geekcritiquepod. Yeah, you should. Where you can get access to all sorts of fun bonus content, including blog posts that I do every month, and fun blooper reels, and geeky memories that we call our pensive, all sorts of great stuff. And you help our show remain sustainable uh, as we move forward into the future. We want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, geek out! out.